Hi, I'm Phil Daly. And I'm Tim Daly. And, and this, this is Jerks on Jackass. Jackass. Jerks in the Fourth Row podcast. As you can tell by our intro, today we're going to be talking all things jackass. Uh, joining me from Gosstown, as always, is my jackass brother, Tim. What's going hey on? Hey, <laughs> I don't know. I'd say you're more of the jackass of the two. Well, least, I think that's why this, this podcast is going to work then. At least you're the bigger jackass fan, or at least so I thought. But So this is, podcast is right off the top going to be jackass and its importance to, I guess, not just us, but widespread culture too as we often do in this podcast yeah so i mean we when we thought about doing this podcast we thought is this going to be too niche for our audience for anyone but at the end of the day we just said screw it we love it going through all these old skits we just proved to us how how much we love it uh so you know we just want to break it down and dog i think you actually have five points or you want to break it down into like five different well uh, i you know categories as, as to why it works so the the question is, you know, has arisen like why we always like to put this our an episode into one uh, one sentence, and it's like why is Jackass important, and how was it allowed? Like in like like how is that allowed to happen at all on like you know on on popular TV? Uh, so my, the first point is. Uh, we just like to see people getting kicked in the nuts. So like yep. the innate masochism. So that's yep. that's that's the first point uh, it, it, uh, that we all enjoy. Anyways, Phil wants me to be brief here. Uh, number two, uh, the simplicity uh, in the writing, in the efficacy of that. Like just like how basic the writing was, but how effective it was for 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 kids like us uh, at the time. Um, so the, the third point would probably be like the, the star power or like maybe the it quote unquote it factor of yeah. the, not only the, you know, the characters, but cause they were playing characters, but also the, the guys themselves, like, cause their characters that they were playing weren't too far from like the reality behind the, right. you know, behind the scenes. So, so, so but we, there's some, yeah, right. That gets into why. It could, why if it was another cast of people, it wouldn't work as well as if it was these nine guys or ten guys. Right, because I mean, like, that was like one of the parts which we'll get into about it is like, you know, anybody could do this stuff, but it, that, it was, it had to be, you know, which leads me to my fourth point was, you know, it was the right place in the right time. Uh, it was year 2000, but it, it was just like the right people, it was the right vibe, it was the right uh, you know, they, it, it was just, just like I, I could compare it to South Park in, in, cause it came out around similar times, but it, it, it just, it, it caught the, the vibe of, you know, pre- yeah. adolescent. So basically guys. I have that listed as, as the history and I, and I'll, I, I did a lot of research around that. So number four, I can take care of. And then what was the fifth one? I guess the fifth one is like, and again, continuing on answering the question of, why it's important or how it was it still continues to this day um we uh it is is dedication to their their art and and dedication 
and, and the toll that it's taken in the in that dedication, but also, but also, but also the stuff that they'll do in order to you know push the envelope, really. Yeah, right. So I think we mentioned that in a prior podcast. Like I think we did a, a podcast on dedicated roles, and Johnny Knoxville came up as one that we we discussed. And you know these guys at this point, there's got to be other ways for them to make money. And they continue as we're speaking. They're they're finalizing Jackass Ford. Like, why do they keep doing this? It's it. There is a level of dedication. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I think and, these guys have, and, and a level of toughness that that maybe you know the average actor or the average character wouldn't have. So we'll get into that. Let's start off with why it works. I mean, what what did you? I mean, Jackass works. I think just watching it, you can just tell you're intrigued by this, like. Anytime, the first time I saw Jackass, I go, what is this? Like, well, it was just, like something I'd never seen before. And it, it basically took what we liked about America's Funniest Home Videos and then took it to the extreme, right? Well, like, I just, so it wasn't anyone slipping down the stairs or, or like accidentally getting a wiffle ball to the nuts. This was planned stunts that they, they would plan so that they'd go wrong. And this was, I think, one of the first times we actually saw this as humor but like in in this extreme of that or entertainment in this extreme of a manner. So it's it's definitely you know it, it's definitely I think you, you know the question why I just outlined the five points of why you know it works. But I mean I, I think the at the core it's just like guys getting hit in the nuts right or like <laughs> you know dressed up in bunny costumes basically right or in, in thongs. So it's not like on the surface seemingly complex. I think there's definitely like an element, as I said earlier, of like innate masochism that, that we all that we all kind of enjoy. Like when I was when I was doing my research, which is basically just me writing my thoughts down, but also talking to you know friends, family, and looking online and stuff. Um, you know, I just thought of like a little a little kid just like. How how do you entertain a little kid? Just like get bonked in the head, yeah, you bump your exactly. noggin, and that yeah. and that's why like that's funny, you know. Like I did, <laughs> I did research on like why pain is funny, and like I really it I had to do some dig deeping or dig deeping, deep digging because it's not like seemingly like a, a deeply researched subject, but I I think there's like an element. Of, Again, a, a masochism that's just like a part of human nature. Um, and it's like so it's watching. Ma not masochism means you're hurting yourself. You mean sad sadistic? Like there's no say. No, I I looked this up. So sadism is 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 inflicting the pain and getting mostly sexual gratification out of that. Whereas masochism okay. is enjoying the observation of pain. Okay. And it's less it's less uh, sexually oriented. So I, gotcha. I did my research here. Okay. Um, and any, anyways, but the fact that it was like self-inflicted, I think is, is like an element of like why it's funny too. It's like these people were choosing to do this, and like as kids, we were just like, what the like? It was just like kind of redefining the boundary of like of like kind of like. Of humor, in a sense, is kind yeah. of pushing so, so the boundary. I think I think that all the points you make, I think that the fact that it's self-inflicting adds the element of stupidity too, and stupidity has always been comedy as well. So, so I would like so and 
I have a lot of, I mean, correlations. As I, again, researched this, I realized how much Jackass influenced my sense of humor, I guess, over time. Um, in terms of, like, firstly, uh, Jackass, the name in itself, is very, like, self-aware. And speaking of that, Jerks in the Fourth Row, Jackass, like, it's definitely, right. like, an awareness of just, like, so why does it work? Is because it's, like, they're just kind of, like, seemingly normal guys, who are who are putting themselves in ridiculous situations and just like that we jerks are just like you know our perception here on this podcast we're just normal guys like sure. making observations yeah i know that that um, goes to like the characters but i think that that's part of why it works too is is how relatable these guys are like just sitting around sure. at the time this came out we were in at least i was in high school and into college and half of the stuff we would do is just dumb, immature stuff hanging around the door rooms, hanging around the locker rooms, whatever. And this was that amplified. And like you said, adding that level of masochism or whatever you want to call it, self-infliction to it, that just made it work that much better. Well, it's just like, all right, well, first off, it was funny. And we, we couldn't imagine doing it ourselves, like a lot of these things. But then again, us and our friends were like, in my research i talked to my good buddy robin and he was saying like one of his favorite skits was you know them just like trying to jump the disgusting sewer water in their bikes he's like he's like that just reminded me of me and my buddies trying to jump exactly we we would always do that think think about like whenever we go sledding or biking or whatever we'd always build the jump higher and higher to that point where like it was almost dumb how high it was just, just even think about hanging around with your buddies. The old trick where you kneel behind someone and push them. One person kneels we, underneath them. We call that a one, tabletop. Exactly the table, the old tabletop top trick. Like it, it's just it's that only they created more. Cre- they they have more creative ways of of pulling that that type of sight gag off that we've been doing for years. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, so I think Laura, our sister. With just oh, those guys are such idiots. Like you know what I mean. Like she would refer to us as the same way, wrestling. It, you know what I mean. Just wrestling around. Like yeah. you guys are just idiots. We like, said why? that at the top I mean, of the podcast. That's why we we understand that this only kind of hits to a certain demographic. And Laura and her friends are, you know, may, maybe wasn't the maybe wasn't the demographic they're going for. Like in my research, I, I, I think, found that the, the demo when they released was between the ages of twelve and thirty four. I am now outside of that demographic, but I still love it. So that might say a little but something I think, about me. But I think why, in retrospect, it's profound is because it was like really is still like it was pushing the bar of like what could be laughed at. You know what I mean? But it was also it was a very it was a very punk and grunge oriented uh, show in terms of it. It just like was kind of going at the, you know it was taking advantage or being opportunistic. And in, in again, this I get, jumps to number four of like right place, right time of like the skater culture mm. and like which, you know, this is Jackass is a group of guys that were writing for skater magazines and were, you know, doing CKY Can't Kill Yourself as well as um, there was there's one and then the Knoxville was doing his own. He was actually like a failed actor, but then started right. doing stunts. So Dog, you're anyways, killing me with it, my history lesson. You, you've, you've pretty much nailed number four, but. But well, yeah, I, I just there, there's also chemistry at, at, at any one point. There's chemistry between these guys like you get the sense that no matter how many times they they 
fool each other on set or how many times they put each other in harm's way, they always want to come back and hang. Now that depend like usually that's happening when the camera's rolling. I know off camera there's definitely been beef with some of the characters and stuff and but, right. but like on camera it just feels like okay, it's you and your buddies out in the middle of the field, someone, you know, gave you a case so of that's beer like, and told you to go be stupid and that's what these guys are doing only they have a bigger budget and they have a director in, in Jeff Tremaine which was kind of he was kind of the ringleader to make sure that all these hooligans had some sort of direction so that when the camera was going it was like a it was you know set up to for success sure and i mean and that touches on the star power that you know, I Steve-O is just like an entertain. Like for me, he's an entertaining personality. Same with Knoxville. Like they're just enter- Like you said, they have chemistry as well together, and it's just kind of fun to watch. And it, and it wouldn't be like that's why like not everybody could could pull this off is because like they not only do they get along, but like you said, uh, and going to my you know second point of like the writing, like Tremaine and Spike Jones as well. Right. Um, and, 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 and basically giving, putting a loose structure to this like hooligan type, you know, yeah, buffoonery. But also, but, and also <laughs> though, making sure that it still felt like, oh, this was something that's taken place in a backyard. A lot of like these skits were filmed up in the middle of a field in nowhere, but in Pennsylvania, that was, that was purposely determined. That was purposely they didn't just have a dumb idea and just be like, okay, let's just do this in a Hollywood studio. They made it feel, look and feel like, oh, this is something that, you know, you guys could do. And I think that that was kind of a problem right off the first, at the beginning when they had the show. So it started out as the show. They go warning, please do not do this at home. These are trained professionals because they were getting a lot of submissions of people sending, hey, look, I just jumped off my roof and, you know, I did X, Y, Well, that's actually... That's how they found Steve-O. He was submitting stuff. He was submitting videos to them. Well, sure. The, but they're, but the reason that, or the way that they all came together was now they're going out there like, see, oh, we're successful doing this, but don't you dare, don't you dare recreate this and submit it to us because that's bad for your health. Like it was a little bit, it was a little bit hypocritical of them, but I think, you know, if you're with a network like an MTV or, you know, who they eventually signed on with, You've got to have some sort of disclaimer at the beginning because this is, they could clearly see that someone would go out and do this. I know me and my buddies took a camera out after we saw the movie. Evan said, Oh, that when they, when Steve O did the, the, uh, wasabi shooter, remember that, that scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember the, I remember the video of Evan trying to eat a bunch of wasabi. We said, There's no way you can do that. That was one of the most painful things. And he's like, No, I can do it. And so we did that. We had like a bunch of like boxing videos. We had, so we we're, we went out and did exactly what they told us not oh, to do. Oh, so 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 did we. Me and my buddies down mom and dad's backyard. We took like a, a foldable, uh, collapsible table and rode that down through the, the stuff and taped or through the uh, the thicket, <laughs> and taped it like so dumb. Like what? Why did we think that was like? Like, I think it's just and, being like, young, young and dumb. You just want to, why, why do we say, you know, when we hit a fadeaway jump shot, say Kobe, we just try to mimic the things that we like to see. So, I know. I know. Well, I, but I think you're, you, you hit on something important in that it was on MTV as well. Um, I think like, so that kind of goes to the right place, right time as well. Like MTV was kind of like, uh, 
in in the early 2000s was kind of very definitive of uh, uh, our um, adolescent culture, our youth culture, in terms of like, you know, it, the, Bart Simpson has a huge impact here. Like in terms of the capitalizing on rebellious kids, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah, there's this think... new wave of like rebellion in in TV in like this this um, depicting of kids like being cool rebellious characters in like and then combining that with the skate culture on MTV yes. yep. like I think it was just like perfect like on top of the guys just being not only relatable but also kind of fun to watch like right. it, yep. it was kind of the perfect storm I think um, their MTV was also looking to expand. This is right at, around the time where they're starting to get out of like the TRL age. And even TRL wasn't playing. They were finding that the music videos isn't why people were watching. It's the, you know, Kid Rock's coming on today or, you know, NSYNC stuff. Like they were more looking for like character and, and building like character development and, and, and programming rather than music videos. And this time, what was cooler in, than in 99 and 2000, 2000 through 2002 was skateboarding. And these guys kind of brought the comedy mixed with that. And, you know, they just they checkmated our teenage, you know, w what we were looking for as well, teenagers. Well, no, it was, I, again, and it was like, and if I can just, I won't go too far. Don't worry, dog. But, like, in terms of selling anti-conformity, it, it, it was, it's a punk show and... and <laughs> in terms of the music, in terms of it always of comes like, back to the man, dog. The man's up in the. Oh in the, come on, come on! But I, it, I, it's I totally... would argue though. I would argue the only one who is the man in this situation was Spike Jones. Everyone else, right. I think this was new and exciting and and organic for everyone else involved. Well, I don't know if a true punk act can exist within capitalism, within within a corporate structure, anyways. But that's I won't go again. I won't go too far in there, but like. MTV did seem like the most like rebellious uh, uh, channel at the time. I guess it was between them and Comedy Central that they were selling the show to. Yep. And uh, and uh, I think uh, you know, we, as kids, we saw it again. Like, oh, MTV's doing it. It had a bit of edge to it. Um, and 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 again, it was basically just representative of like our buddies and stuff like yeah. we felt represented on this main channel i think so right. mtv it, i think it had, it had plays an important role here it had the illusion it wasn't the illusion but it it had the uh feeling of something that that grew in someone's backyard and i think once it got to the show though they took all the clips that they had that they hadn't aired previously on the internet and you know, there was there was definitely a structured way of filming these things because, you know, they would have multiple cameras. You know, it wasn't just. No, but like I think sometimes I'm pretty sure sometimes, like especially early days, like they were just like it was a collection of them and their buddies hanging out, doing yeah, jumping yeah, into well, well, trees off saying. of roofs and the stuff. The first season, you you feel like that that's more of it's one camera. You're just barely getting someone like falling down a hill or jumping out of a tree. Once they got to like season two, season three, and obviously even the movies, it became a production. But they still wanted to, their their locations still made it feel like it was happening in the backyard, in someone's backyard. Definitely. And I think it's also like their, you know, their personalities as well. And, and, and also the fact that they were out 
in public, like challenging a, a lot of like everyday situations. So like we haven't really gotten into any skits and stuff like that, but um, or any of the characters at yeah, all. Yeah, let's, but let's I, run I, down I, through. I think your number three was the characters. I think we've talked about why it works and the writing and all that stuff. Well, yeah, the like the the writing I think is a part of it. Though, like the reoccurring characters, like. Sure, there were like skate videos that like people were getting hurt, but why Jackass was unique is like the writing again that you've been talking about and alluding to in the structure. But how how simple it is like of just like adding someone like Bunny the lifeguard <laughs> to uh, to uh, to anything. My like, favorite, well, probably my favorite character that they made up. Any like with Pontius, anytime that they do a water skit, he'd always come in and say, "Thank God I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> as if he was going to save anyone. So I think one of, some of the brilliance had, of this... So, can we break down the characters first? I mean, we're 20 minutes in and we haven't even mentioned the character. The, the sure. Cast. Well, but I think... But I think all right, before we get into it, no matter what they wrote, no matter what they got into, it was going to work because all the stunts, <laughs> like if they, fail, if they failed, then it was hilarious. And if they did it, then it was sweet. You know what I mean? So they basically... Yes. they. They couldn't fail, but and then but then add in these characters like Bunny and like go ahead then. From no, but dog. no, but the, the failure was part of the skit. So, like they would sit there and try to do like the you know the skateboard. Remember when they had the skateboard? Um, what you call it? You'd you'd have to go the loop to loop. You know what I mean? Like they'd yeah. launch oh, you yeah. and the whole part of the it, whole the whole way that that skit worked. If someone just showed, you know, you know, Tony Hawk just completing it right off the bat, that doesn't work. You need to show Steve-O and Pontius trying it 40 times and almost breaking their necks before, like, the full one goes through. Like, the failures is what worked for, for all these skits. Like, the, like Preston. Like, if Preston was going to walk the plank and jump off, we would have to see how scared he was leading up and after. Like, him shaking and coming off the first time. before, Like... Just him jumping off of and doing a cannonball off a plank. That's funny enough. But what so they Preston got, Leahy, what, we, we, we got to be full names. Preston Leahy, right? Preston, Lacey? Preston Lacey, yeah. He's a, who's the big, he's a big, big boy. Yeah. All right. So before we talk about any of the skits, you're right. Let's, let's, let's go through the characters. So in my research, I mean, there's, there's probably close to 20 guys that have, you know, performed. But that's, there's an, a core nine guys, 10 if you count Jeff Tremaine. Who is the director um, of of and creator of Jackass? Then it, there's Johnny Knoxville, lead man of the show. You'd agree, Johnny Knoxville is the guy. Yep. Johnny, oh, yeah. Bam, Bam Margera, Steve O, Chris Pontius, Dave England, Ryan Dunn, Aaron Danger, Aaron McGahey, Preston Lacey, and then Jason Weeman Akruna. So those that would you'd agree that's the core Jackass yep. cast. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, they kept having, you know, recurring, uh, you know, guys from their past that they would bring in someone like, you know, Rab himself or like Ray Gion, who they'd throw in randomly. Right. But that's, I agree. Yes, that's the, that's and the sometimes Sometimes they get the cameraman, like Rick Kosick. We know who that is. He was, he would always be filming Basically, something. And if something was like, you know, something was too gross, they'd always get a cameraman of him. Either puking <laughs> or yeah. yeah, or he he had kind of like that that haircut where you could just see you couldn't see his face you just see puke coming out of like that extended bowl cut that he had which is which another thing I, that's another thing I want to get to why is puking funny they they really captured uh, that that puking was something that we as 
you know, young, immature Again, it's, guys. It, it goes to back. See it goes 20. back to that element, that innate masochism that we all experience, like seeing, laughing off of someone else's misfortune. Like, why is that funny? It's, it's, it's. I, I honestly did some psycho, some research into the psychology of it, and it's basically our brains reacting to an uncommon situation by laughing at it because it's not so serious. Like. It's a, it's a seeming, like, if it were, like, I had, like, the fact that, like, my, one of my notes says, yeah, it's self-inflicted is, is important in the first, the first uh, aspect of things. But it's not, like, based out of depravity or, like, anger or, like, malintent. No, it's, it's like, stupidity. It, I think we talked about it before. It's stupidity. Right. But I, that, but I think that's important. So it's, like, pushing your body to the fullest extent just for laugh's sake. Like why? Like that is like that. That's basically kind of what Jackass, the the idea is. Well, we all had those friends growing up that if any if any time that there was something, we always had a guy that would that would try to be the, the dumbest of the group, right? Like, I don't know. You dare someone to to you know? I mean, start, I definitely pushed f- some boundaries in my day, but I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what like, I mean? Like there would be a guy you you tempt him to start a food fight or go moon detention hall or whatever. Like there was always right, that right. guy, and these these guys were just a collection of those guys. And when when they got together, they were just they would always just try to one up each other, whether it was on set or or a skit. I mean, it was pr- it, it so it's a lot of like pranks. You know, they're pranking each other a lot, but like if there was. This crazy culture within the crew of guys, like they could be skating down a hill that's already super steep, and it was acceptable for another guy to throw a stick in front of the other one. Like that was just like, like, like it, like that was like a part of, like that's a stick, like that's a skit right there, boom, like, and somehow like maybe they were dressed up in like furry costumes or something like yeah. that. Yeah, one of my favorite skits, I think that like really simplifies what jackass was all about do you remember the skit called t-ball it let me paint it for you it was ryan dunn steve-o johnny knoxville and bam margera uh arguably three of the four most famous characters that there were they were basically in the back of someone's you know barn or something and steve-o had like this little dingy cup on that was it he was just wearing like a little dingy cup and Ryan had the bat on a T-ball, and the T-ball was like on a bar or a string. Basically, yep. Steve-O goes, hi, I'm Steve-O, and this is whatever, and this is T-ball, and then proceeds to get hit in the nuts, and then J- Knoxville and Bam are in the back in baseball uniforms, just laughing and like commentating <laughs> on it. It is so simple, it is so stupid, but I think if I had to like sum up what Jackass is, that's what it is. So, so I mean, I, that's... I, as dumb as it sounds, we could probably break that down and tell you why that worked. I mean, you've got the you've got the lead up where Steve-O is getting nervous about getting hit in the nuts. You've got them telling jokes the entire time, much like you and your buddies would do. The baseball comes, hits him in the nuts. That's the payoff. And then Johnny Knoxville is, and, and Bam are just breaking it down as to like what they just saw and like laughing and just making so- fun of his misery. You're touching on something here that's another major important part that we have is the costumes. The costumes. So like the costumes and just like so that's the writing. Like basically 
It's like, all right, we're going to have you get hit in the nuts, but you're going to be in this costume. <laughs> so, so like, that is the stick. Why is that so funny? It is. I, 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 I don't know. I think it, because half, it of it, is. half of it was just, like, the sloppiness of the costumes, too. <laughs> right, right, right. Definitely. Like, they could barely keep them on, or they were covered, and eventually covered in puke, or torn to pieces, or, you know... <laughs> Or like the, you know they had ripped them off each other somehow, but there was that, reoc- that, there was reoccurring costumes too. So throughout the years, so, I mean, we mentioned Bunny, Bunny, Chris Pontius in his bunny bikini with the bunny ears. Somehow, yeah, that the thong thing, bikini, the bunny ears, and the in the the baseball glasses, the the yeah. all star glasses. Steve-O's thong, Steve-O's leopard thong. I feel like is just. So that's another important element is nudity in this. Like, it's, nudity is a huge element of Jackass. And I think that it's almost like taking, like, a Jerry Springer, like, again, uh, element of things in terms of nudity was almost in every sketch. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, some sort of that. Steve-O rarely had a shirt on in any skit. Um, so and that, then... that def- So, again, resetting more boundaries in terms of, like, what could be on TV or like, you know, what it's very, it's very satirical. And in that, like they basically, and this is why it's again, is like has punk influences. Cause it's basically, you know, they'll just go out to like a, a busy wall street type area and just be in thongs or be in doctor's uniforms, like fa- having like a patient fall off the gurney, like, oh, like basically, so Basically, just throwing satire, throwing like making fun of the people around them and yeah. the people not being aware of it. So, so the the costumes, the nudity, setting boundaries, but also making fun of of the, the you know, if you will, the you know the the status quo. Sure. So, I, I mean, I think that they probably pulled a little bit of a page from Candid Camera. Like, you remember that yeah. old show where it's just like you surprise people. In the first three seasons, no one knew who these guys were. So if you see, if you see Johnny Knoxville, the mortician, dropping a casket out of <laughs> out of a hearse. Oh, and then he'll ask, and then he'll ask a bystander to help him to help him put it back in. Or right. uh, one of my favorites. Like, okay, that's Johnny Knoxville. Like you seen the show? Right. Like a watered down version of this, which is still funny, is Impractical Jokers. Like or they, punked. Or punked. But they, you can't do that now because, like, these guys are almost too famous throughout New York where they film, and like, obviously Ashton Kutcher's too famous. Whereas if he's on the scene, you know something's up. Like, you know something's well, coming. There's a guy called Eric Andre who who works with Hannibal Burris as well, who who does some stuff like this, <laughs> kind of like out in public, like you know, shock humor. Um, but um, the fact that again, well, oh, just to touch on one of my favorite ones was. Uh, was uh, when they would use um, Preston, the the big boy, like he'd walk up to a restaurant, someone sitting outside of a restaurant with a dog, hand him, hand, he'd be like, oh, can you just watch my dog for one second as I use the bathroom? He'd go in for one second, and then Wee Man would come yeah, out dressed yes, exactly yeah. the same. He's like, all right, thanks for taking my dog, dude. Like, that is genius. So like, good. that's brilliant. And that's it, brilliant. The, the contrast that's funny to how- me no matter what. The contrast between—I loved how they used Preston. The contrast between how huge he was. He was probably what six foot, three hundred plus pounds. And then, and hey, then he's a big boy. Whenever they put him in underwear and chase Wee Man around town, or 
like the yeah, like you said, the skit where he goes in to take a shit, it's so loud and obvious, and he comes out as oh wee my man. god, it's so just, funny. Not only that's funny, the people's reaction around him was just priceless. It was so good. So, what would you say? You're you, all right. We were talking characters, like we both. I think you know Pontius has got some of the best characters. Uh, yeah, Steve Stevo. It's hard not to play himself. Same with Knoxville. Um, although Knoxville is again, we we haven't really gotten into him as a as a person because there's been so many spin-offs of some of his characters, like Bad Grandpa, like the grand, mm-hmm. like the dressing up as old people and then like falling on the street, <laughs> like or like doing some like inappropriate stuff as an older person or. You know, that was a huge ass, or that was a huge recurring skit on Jackass. Yeah, was the, I felt, I felt the, like the old people. I felt like Spike Jones was like really pushing that. Like when you first saw it, it was funny and like setting up all the makeup. I feel like they they really harped on that too much. Like they did too much with the old people thing. That being said, Bad Grandpa, I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is just gonna be one long one of those skits. I thought Bad Grandpa was like really funny. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think the the bit was a bit exhausted. Um, but and, like, did you watch? But, you saw Bad Grandpa, right? I saw the first one. Yeah, the kid was good, and it was just like, yeah, it was it was funny enough. But oh, again, I, I really I, what liked I like. I think I went in with what? low expectations. I liked it. And dog, to your point about the kid, I said it then. I'll say it now. I think he should have been up for a supporting actor. I think he should have been up I, for an Oscar in that movie. He was so that's, good. I remember and you saying that. It, that's the only reason I watch it is because you said that. But I mean, yeah, he's good. But I mean, the, again, the bit was just exhausted. Like it, they had already done it so many times. I know, but th- some of it was writing though too. It wasn't just all candid stuff. There was a story that went along with it in the writing. And anyways, you don't sound as enthused as I am about that. But they, what you know, what it, it was up for an Oscar for best makeup. Yeah, I mean, well, the makeup was awesome. So like when they dress up as an old lady and like have her like, have her have her her breasts hanging out and have like her shirt fall down and like have an, a, a someone walking by have to like cover her up or something like that like yeah. just well, pretty pretty so that brutal stuff, stuff probably didn't stun you or that stuff probably wasn't funny to you in bad grandpa because you had seen it all before i think that this is probably the stuffy people at the academy's first time seeing all this stuff and i think they probably mm-hmm. hit hit but, I mean, the movie itself wasn't up for an Oscar. It was just the makeup. And I still, retroactively, I would go back and give that kid at least a nomination. Mm-hmm. But, so, so again, reoccurring characters. Knoxville, he had a few, but it wasn't necessarily... I, I feel like Knoxville was, so, was the most recognizable of them all, so it was hard for him to do stuff after, like, the first, second season. You said that. Um, which is why I think they started to do a lot of the spinoff stuff where they could, you know, like the Wild Boys and right. Bam's House or, or Viva La Bam, I mean, and uh, you know these different shows where, like everyone knew at this point, everyone knew who they were, but they could still put themselves in these scenarios, like these crazy scenarios where they were either dealing with gators or yeah. being chased I- by bulls. That that's when I think they started to when Jackass and Wild Boys, all these. That's when they started messing with like the bulls the the and the uh right. the animals and like doing more crazy stunts as opposed to right. just like jackass, skater tapes jackass you know? 2 if you if you go back and watch jackass 2 is really kind of like a precursor for wild boys or an extension of i think that they were kind of filming all that stuff at the same time manny puig comes in and kind of guides them through just he's basically there to both 
encourage them and make sure they don't die. Like <laughs> so much like they had for like all the skater skits back in the day. Like they would have Tony Hawk and you know all those guys from his video game help them with different skits, and then they just go out and fail. Manny was like their animal instructor. Like he was like the equivalent well, of like their Tony Hawk for for well, Jackass Two and Bam. Wild Boys. Both Bam and Steve-O, you know, they all skate. Like, they all, you know what I mean? They're all pretty decent. Yeah, but the other guys um, didn't. The other guys didn't. Steve-O never skated. I think it was it was Pontius, Dave England. No, Steve-O, and... Steve-O can definitely skate. Oh. Anyways. Well, so he anyways, wasn't brought but on like... from the skaters, though. He was brought on from, like, some Florida flea market where he's working as a clown yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I love that about him. Um, but... But anyways, um, no, so I, you're I think about the, the the moving stuff. on from, yeah, moving on from the skater stuff into like the more animal stuff and the crazier stunts, like, and, and a, more away from like the, the, the public, like the public stuff, like where like they, you know, the shock, shocking people in public or whatever, like they had to find, all right, what are we doing next? And like the animal thing really kind of opened up a new yeah. door for them. Um, I think also too with like the Wild Boys and Viva La Bam. I think after like the show got canceled in two thousand two, there wasn't as much screen time for, during the movies. The movies had to be kept to, you know, two hours. And I think that instead of these guys, you know, fighting for their their entire movie or fighting for screen time, they would go off and do spinoff shows, knowing that there's still a thirst for all that to see whatever skits they had. I mean, there's if you if you go, there's always in between movies. There was always the two point five, like the, like kind of right, like the like outtakes the behind that they the would scenes release, or right. right where they do kind of interviews and like show some of the deleted clips and why they didn't run with it in the movies. I think that right. what, even with the, with the Jackass two point five, Jackass three point five, I still think that there's more footage out there. I, I know there's more footage out there. How than, how, than, sh- how how terrible must that feel if like you go through this whole thing to like either get bit by a snake or right. like be hitting the nuts and then they just don't it doesn't even make it to air well, well, like, well how many times would like danger Aaron come on with like a big bandage or johnny knoxville would come in a right. cast and you'd never know why you'd have to go to the internet because right. that skip right. was either failed or they didn't get the take right or or whatever it wasn't good enough you're right you're risking your body it doesn't get used and then you just have to go on and film the next skit it's it was that's i think that that can put us into the dedication part of of what these guys yeah, put I, themselves through to film movies and just fi- just finish filming a fourth like they're continuing. It's crazy. I their contracts must be insane. Like in terms of like what they allowed. So like how this happened. I I in such a litigious culture too. In like the early two thousands, it's like suing was like the, again this uh, was, was suing for anything. Like I'll sue your ass. And, Exactly, it was like a more common thing in the early 2000s. So, anyways, yeah. the fact that this could exist, like, and that this is why they had to put the warning at the beginning, like, was crazy. But, um, I, I, I've, as I've kind of culminated my my thoughts on this, I've really kind of come to compare it to wrestling in a lot of ways. In that, like, yeah. So a lot of this is scripted. So r- right around this time, there was a the, wrestling had kind of been outed as fake. And then this, then Jackass kind of appeared out of nowhere Dog, and think, was like, oh, this stuff is real. I think people always knew wrestling was fake. What do you mean out of this? Like, no, this- no, 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 no. I, I'm watching this series right now called The Dark Side of the Ring. And like with the introduction of the internet, like the spreading of like how 
scripted wrestling truly was. Like, you'd be surprised how many people actually believed it was real. Okay. But anyways, but and and Phil, Phil's a big wrestling fan. Oh, so, huge! I, mean, I, I uh, loved it. But every, I mean, I started watching probably was in sixth grade. I was well aware how fake it was, like right off the bat. But this was pretty. Uh, I, this I gotta was say, as a kid, I might have been confused. But anyways, right around this time, and 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 the reason I'm making this correlation again, I'm watching this this documentary series called Dark Side of the Ring about all the messed up stuff in the world of wrestling. And anyways. But they, they keep saying right around this time, there's this big, oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake. So anyways, how real Doc, was it? Doc, was this, you know? was this also right around the time you found out that the Tooth Fairy wasn't wasn't real? Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, finding, uh, I was 10 years old, and I was big into wrestling as a kid, and yeah, it was a disappointment, I think, to <laughs> realize that, shut up. You know how much I was into wrestling? I had we a all picture were, we of Goldberg were, on my wall. You still are. Anyways, anyways, I, get I will still watch WrestleMania. I have a couple friends who will get the pay per view, and I'll still. I, and I'm, again, that so just, that just and, shows how immature I am because I still like Jackass but, and all this stuff. But I don't know. I hope that never goes away. The day that I don't find, you know, Shane McMahon jumping off the top rows entertaining is is the day I don't want to be around anymore. It was. It was. I get it. I get it. It's. I just can't believe you still are such a, a fan, the fan that you are. Anyways. Well, we're we're talking about jackass here in that their contracts they must have just signed away their bodies essentially because the the amount of times that they've broken bones or almost died from a a firework or uh <laughs> you know got concussed or you know been bit by an animal that didn't let go like right, how many right. t- you know what i mean like how <laughs> How does a big studio fund something like that? You well, know so, what I mean? Like, how do you insure something like that? So that's that's basically the reason why MTV canceled during the third season was because these guys were getting paid nothing, essentially. And they were putting their lives on the line. And they, they were censoring. They would go out and film stuff, bring it back to MTV. And MTV would have to cut the most dangerous skits and, like, the stuff that they couldn't. They couldn't. Like they couldn't the encourage, so that so that because right. they knew kids would be mimicking it. So right. that was that was the ultimate downfall. Obviously, it's always money's always involved, and then right, they were their artistic their artistic visions were being shut down by the FCC and by MTV. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why they went. Talk, that's what I'm saying. They're pushing the boundaries, man. It's awesome. And, and that's like, why that's why when they made the videos, there wasn't hardly anything that they had to cut because they could just put an R rating on it and you know, viewer beware. But how dangerous is half of that stuff? I mean, not only to like their bodies physically, but clearly with time we've seen that it's, you know, that lifestyle has inspired a lot of addiction and substance abuse and, you know, substance dependence in terms of like pain pills and alcoholism. And, and, and there's, there's, you can only understand like how else would you deal with that amount of pain without, you know, using something to deal with the pain, like, right? You know, these guys' That's personalities, not, not like normal. personalities that you have to have to go out there and try to kill yourself every single day. Like, you know, b- using stunts. There's also and the other not, side of there's also the other side of that, being, which is, you know, they, there's there's stories about like the partying that Dave England and Stevo and and Bam and all these guys would go do, and then show up to the skit the next day half in the bag still and you know, jump off the back of a horse, you know, <laughs> or I mean, like get kicked by I, a donkey. Like, 
That's why it's amazing to me that there's some studios. It's still there's a Jackass Four coming out. There's still, you know, especially in the days now with all this knowledge of CTE and concussions and like, how do you ensure something like that? Like you just couldn't, like, un- unless these guys basically just sign themselves away. Right. And 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 I think you know I, I think, again. Yeah, I think they make the pay- for these movies. I think the, they make the payday something that they can't refuse. Right, but okay, so but in the long run, de- they are seeing how it's affecting their bodies, but they're still dedicated to it. They're still doing it because like, of the money, dog. Like if someone right now told me that, I they think did- it's their identities too, though. It's partially their identities to be true. You know what I mean? To to live up to this, like this is this is Steve- all they know. This is all they know, and this is the the, the quickest way that they can make money, right? Like, they're, they're, right. They're, but so I I think that that has a lot to do with Tremaine. So I wanted to get into whether Tremaine is a good guy or not. My instinct tells me no, because he, I think, knowingly knows how much danger he's putting these guys into when he writes these skits and then, and then has the Paramount Pictures backs them for their movies and then has Paramount basically sign a blank check because of how successful these things are. And I mean, da- how, how good someone is... How good someone is in a Hollywood setting is a relative term. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these guys maybe would still be in the middle of nowhere doing nothing. Steve-O might be dead at this point if it wasn't for him. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, you could say coulda, he's, woulda, shoulda. Is he for... a good dude? No, I don't want to hang out with that guy. Like, <laughs> no, he's not, a, like, a good dude. To, like, <laughs> no, he's probably not a good dude, but I, I mean... I'm saying what Tim, is what he has done? Is it a bad thing? I, I'm saying I think is that what you're asking. Yeah, I, I'm saying it's debatable whether or not Tremaine is a criminal. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And what they have allowed, like how so some of the uh, again the substance abuse aspect of things, uh, like what they've again away allowed from. to happen, exactly. looked away from. And, and encouraged, I'm sure, in a lot of ways. Yeah, is probably pretty pretty negligent or criminal. Um, and yeah, that's that's not a great thing. But um, also, we're talking about how much enjoyment we've gotten from it, though. Right. You know, right. like so it's you know it's one of those things where you have to look in. Like so, my favorite of them all is Chris Pontius. Yeah. And. Uh, actually, so interesting little tidbit here. Uh, so we've always we've been trying to find who would play me in a movie from all these podcasts. And in my recent, you know, talking to Robin, he said, "Well, I gotta go with my favorite person from Jackass is Pontius because he reminds me of you." So again, I was like, well, "How does he remind me?" And I was like, "Well, I guess in college, especially like that, very comfortable in my skin. Like the, even in in high school, like me and Curran and those guys, we were all wearing short shorts." Right. You know what I mean? Just to make people like giggle a little bit. And that's totally jackass influenced. Pontius um, is another guy who rarely had a shirt on. Rarely. But it's just but it's just isn't he doesn't he see him, him and Steve O both seem like pretty good hearted people like who you you like. Like that's goes back to the it factor. Like that's I have a I have a heart for Steve O. I have a heart for Pontius. I have I think Knoxville's like a, a decent dude. Um, but I, I, I certainly don't think all of them, that's the thing. It, it, it's a big group thing. Although Tremaine is definitely the, the puppet master up top. I think they each, it's hard to, to damn an entire, 
an entire thing that especially that gives you so much enjoyment uh it's like it's like am i supposed to hate every quentin tarantino movie because harvey weinstein produced it you know like it's 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 tough like yeah i I understand that i just tremaine just has had to see like what we're seeing throughout the years like you look at these guys they're just haggard now like Johnny Knoxville probably has it of the body. He's probably what fifty years old, but he has the body equivalency of, of like an eighty-year-old now. He just looks haggard. Like Tim, you sent me a video of Bam the other day. He's been battling alcoholism, and he's been yeah. And I think it's really sad. I mean, I, I, you know, uh, again, what this lifestyle has is allowed, but I don't think it's or, or what it may lead to. But I don't think that's specific necessarily just jackass. That's Hollywood. That's fame. That's like. You know, when egos play a role, when pain plays a role. True, but like, you know, de- but like depress- with these guys like, in Hollywood with substance abuse stuff, maybe, yeah, the producer's looking the other way with that. But they're not saying, like, when anytime Tom Cruise has to jump off of a, you know, off of a side or off of a, you know, a cliff or whatever, they have a stunt double do it. These guys are their own stunt doubles, and that's why we're watching. We're, wa- we're watching the takes that fail when they get hurt, when those stunt doubles get hurt. So... I don't know. Like Pontius knows he's putting, or Pontius Tremaine knows he's putting these guys in in harm's way, and yet. But I mean, you have to understand. Too good. The the personalities he knows too that the personalities once they get these big paychecks, they're gonna burn through them in five years, and then he goes, "Mm, "Guess what? It's time for again. Jackass three now. Jackass four. You guys need to get paid again, huh? All right, come come on over here and and put your head in this lion's put your head in this lion's mouth." So that we can start. Yeah. Filming, no, right? So is he is he a bad dude? Yeah. It, it, is he like encouraging of some bad habits? Yeah. But someone someone like Steve-O, I would argue, has taken this opportunity, has lifted himself up by his bootstraps, and he's sober like thirteen years as of the other day, and twelve or thirteen years, and he does stand up comedy and stuff like that instead of hurting his body. Yeah. He's used this as leverage to 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 further his career to better himself. You know, he's he I think I think maybe Tremaine's provided him the opportunity, but I, I wouldn't put him necessarily uh, as a as a more evil person than anybody, any other movie producer who is willing to sacrifice the well-being of their of their actors in whatever way. At least these guys know when they sign off their their when they sign their waivers, true. they know their bodies are going to be. That's that a conscious true. choice that they're making, and that's the that's the balance that they have to strike. <laughs> I mean, and, and and it's a tough one, clearly, and that's why it's amazing that so many of them are still alive. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing. Like, yeah. So, I mean, for those who aren't as familiar with the cast of the nine core cast members that we mentioned, one Ryan Dunn did die. I believe I think it was back in like 2011, something like that. Does that sound right? 2012. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, of and it wasn't on scene. It wasn't on set. He was doing what, like a hundred miles an hour in a in a Porsche or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and right. just yep. you see the you see the photos from the crash, and they're just they're just more like the the car barely looks like a car because of how bad the car wreck was. Uh, unfortunately, he's died. But yeah. From what these guys have put through, if you would have told me 20 years, 21 years ago when they started all this, that only one guy would die and it wouldn't have been on set, I wouldn't believe you. I would, I would have said half the cast would have been gone by now. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, the, the, them putting themselves in, in bodily harm's way. Like, 
it, it, it's it's also at this point I think it's it's outside of like what I was talking earlier about like oh we love seeing people get hit at this point it's almost like what like Johnny Knoxville is an amazing person to watch like almost like a circus character like how much more can he take like his body is, is like rubber it's like almost like watching like Jim Carrey like him getting you know hit by the bulls and then flopping over and then running away and laughing about it is something like right. There's something amazing about that too. Yeah, it is the fact that they're done filming Jackass Four, and we haven't. No one died on that. I mean, these guys are getting older and more brittle. Like these guys are all in their forties plus right now. So the, do you think they must enjoy it at this point? I well, that goes back to my argument about the money. I think they all need the money, and I think that that's the only reason why they come back and do this. Because yeah, they can go and go to a concert or whatever, and you know. What makes but, you think that though? What what, because what knowledge what else are they do you making? have that they need the money? What else are they making money? What like you see Bam buying? Why, why, but why they've made so much money, especially Knoxville as an executive producer over the okay, years. Okay, Knoxville like, doesn't what? need the money. I think he's just crazy. I think guys like Bam, <laughs> he's I, and I'll get into that later. I think he's the craziest of them all. But I think mm-hmm. guys like Bam and like D- D- uh, Danger Aaron and Preston. I don't think that they have, yeah, they can have an appearance fee or they can go on, you know, what's that, uh, cameo, or they can make little money here and there. But if they're doing Jackass 4, they're going to be getting seven-figure offers that I don't think they're getting anywhere else. And they leave, they lead lifestyles that are big party lifestyles. Like, Bam clearly is crazy. Like, he's not crazy, he's but not he, crazy, has, man. he has mental issues. He, he went out and bought, like, a Lamborghini and just you know, crash that just for a laugh. Like he destroyed his parents' house. Like these are all things that he's doing that are expensive, expensive things. And I think that that's just part of their, their personalities. Dave England is probably doing the same thing. He, they get paychecks and they live like rock stars, but yet like rock stars, they don't have a concert that they can just make so, their money back. They need these movies. Hey guys, we're going to pause right here, give you guys a little bit of a break. Tim and I have a ton to say on Jackass. We go on for another 30 to 40 minutes, so we decided to split it up into two parts. Part two should be available soon, if not in the queue already, where we discuss our favorite skits, do a little bit of Q&A, and continue to break down why we feel that Jackass just works. Uh, So thanks for listening, and, and be on the lookout for part two.